Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to an exciting episode of Android Faithful, your, your weekly source of news, hardware, apps, and more. For all the people who love the wonderful world of Android, I am Ron Richards, and with me as always... Quinn to it now. And of course, it wouldn't be a show without... Michelle Rahman. And we are very, very excited to welcome a guest who some of you are probably familiar with. Um, you know him, you love him. Mr. Jason Howell. Yay! <laughs> Did you throw some confetti? Was that was that confetti you just Yeah, threw? because it was it was uh so I'm I promise I'm not fishing for happy birthdays, but it was my birthday a week ago and so my happy desk birthday. got littered, happy birthday. littered with confetti and a party hat and these little like clapper things. <laughs> and I wondered why, and now I know why, so that I can throw them at the camera. Hi, it's so good to see you all. Hey. Welcome to the show, Jason. For those Thank who, you, you DTNS uh, listeners or watchers, that you guys know Jason too, but if you don't know, we used to do all about Android with Jason, That's and right. here we are in the new frontier of Android Faithful. We've been dying to get him on the show. Um, and finally, the schedule's aligned, and he was able to come on board. So thank Yay. you, Jason. And like without fail, we had a staff meeting here at Twit that uh, ran long. So yep. you know, we're starting the show at like the normal All About Android time, which was almost always at least a half an hour late. Exactly. I'm just waiting for Burke to text me to yell at me about something. So I'm just waiting. I'm just, I'm just waiting for that to happen. So your your level. Yeah, yeah my level. level. Yeah. Am, I, am my audio okay? What'd you have for breakfast? <laughs> your camera. Oh, yeah. What'd you have for dinner? <laughs> yes, that one exactly. So. So for, and again, for those of our listeners who might not know who Jason, Jason, why should everyone know where, where, you, where do you work? What do you do, my friend? Who I are work, you? I work at a podcast network that you may have heard of called This Week in Tech or Twit. And, uh, you know, I produce some shows. I host some shows. Right now I'm hosting uh, Tech News Weekly with Micah Sargent, twit.tv slash TNW. And then I'm also working on an AI show um, that's called AI Inside. And that's been a lot of fun as well. We have an AI story later in today's show that I picked just for you, Jason. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. yeah. Let's so. do it. All right. It's on the Android Faithful drinking card. Oh, yeah. AI. <laughs> yes. Jetpack Compose. Jetpack Compose. Yeah. Exactly. RCS. We haven't talked about RCS yeah. as much lately. Oh, RCS. Yeah, RCS. Yeah. It's a little quieter. But yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, real quick, before we dive into the show, just want to remind and thank everybody uh, that goes to patreon.com slash Android Faithful for you are the folks that are helping make the show ha- happen. We really appreciate everybody who signs up um, on our Patreon. Uh, and as part of signing up for the Patreon, Every week, you get to pick a story that we talk about on the show, um, and it's always fun to see you guys vote. Some more on that a little later on. Um, but with that out of the way, let's get into the show. What do you guys say? We, Jason, we don't have fancy twit bumpers here, so no, I just we, say, I'm so out of here. I, I just, I just like to say we're gonna just we're just gonna talk about the news, uh, and so right. first up, uh, Michelle is gonna tell us what's so. Android 14 has been a hot topic around here. I don't know. Do you still follow Android, Jason? Or 
Yeah. I, I mean, I will say that I kind of took my foot a little bit off the gas. Um, but hey, I still have an Android phone. I don't have the beta installed right now All right. <laughs> for whatever that's worth. But I did check for an update today and I got one. I just don't think it's the one that we're about to are talk you, are about. Are you familiar with the fact that it hasn't launched yet, Android 14 at least? Or? Yes, mm-hmm. I, I know that. Thank you, Ron. <laughs> All right. so, well, Mr. speaking of the update you, you got today, I'm, I'm guessing it was probably this, yeah. the September 2023 security update that rolled out for Pixel phones this week. Um, Many people were expecting the Android 14 update to have rolled out already, but instead we got a new Android 13-based update for Pixel phones. And this is actually a little bit late because the September patches were announced back on September 5th, but now it's uh, September 18th, or actually this was yesterday when it rolled out. Um, But that's when we got the update. And so now many of you are wondering, when is Android 14 coming out? Well, we don't know the exact date, but some people are expecting maybe next month or maybe later this month. Uh, we don't know for sure. Uh, but another thing we do know is coming this week is the Android 14 QPR beta, the quarterly platform release beta, which Google has said they did say it's coming out the week of September 18th. So sometime this week, maybe tomorrow, um, it should be on the way. And... For those of you who are keeping track as to what devices will be getting the Android 14 QPR update, the Pixel 3, i uh, sorry, the Pixel 5 and Pixel 5a, 5g, and later should be getting the update, assuming that device is no longer, uh, is not being dropped from the roster. Speaking of devices being dropped from the roster, though, the Pixel 4a uh, is no longer being supported with the monthly security update because Google announced that way back when it was launched that that device would stop receiving updates with August on August 2023 and later. So the September update was not released for the Pixel 4a, and so so rip, Michelle, I had, a, I had a question for you though. So I saw I saw a bunch of chatter about the QPR beta. And everybody basically throwing. I saw a bunch of articles saying, uh, "Now's your chance to back out of the beta to avoid getting the QPR." Oh yeah, so it's kind of a mess there. So assuming that the Android 14 update was supposed to be released on September 5th, that's the assumption that I'm going with. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea was that Android 14 would have been released on that date, on September 5th, and then the QPR update would be released this week, so that anyone who was still on the beta program would have been able to opt out and receive the stable update and not be forced onto this new beta. But because this QPR beta is launching this week, and because a stable update hasn't released yet, people who are still on the Android 14 beta program um, will be forced onto the Android 14 QPR beta program um, unless they do a complicated process, which is opting out right now, refusing the downgrade update that's sent to their devices until the stable release comes out. Because if you take that downgrade package that's sent to your device, it will wipe your device. It will wipe your data, and you got to start all over. Yeah, don't do so that. you got to opt out and don't do that and wait for the stable release to be pushed out. So is it so, safe to yeah. say at this point, at this, at this point are, we, are we marking Android 14 as a total disaster before it's even out? Or what, what's... Nah, <laughs> it's just little growing it's, pains out the door. It's just once a it little, comes, yeah, it's just a little delay. Like, you know, like a... <laughs> like a, like the average AAA show, you know, a little delayed. Yeah. <laughs> Once it comes out, it's going to erase it like it would erase your device if you do the wrong thing. It's going to erase yeah. all the bad badness about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, as as someone who was on a team who pushed out four fixes in a single day when all of us were stuck at I/O, I will not say anything bad about this other than heart sympathy yeah. and looking forward to the release. This stuff it probably isn't very easy. It's, it's not, not easy, easy for but... us to throw tomatoes from the sidelines, but That's for sure, I'm sure that I'm sure that behind the scenes there's some sort of panic going on. <laughs> yeah, just a slight panic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, Michelle, anything else on uh, on the September release before we move on? Or oh, that's pretty much it. The fact that the update happened, and this kind of weird timeline shenanigans going on, and mm-hmm. nobody knows where exactly Android 14 staple is, and that's what we're all really here for. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
So we're waiting for where in the world is Android 14 stable? I'm, That's the question. <laughs> I mean, at a certain point, why don't they just kind of hold on to it and then tag it on to the Pixel event? Like, well, that's what I think is happening. Know, uh, that, that's I, my once they missed the September window, my gut yeah. was like, hey, we have a hardware event coming in early Oct- in 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 a couple weeks, October fourth, uh, in New York City. And Jason, sure enough, I can't even go. They booked it at a time where I'm unavailable. So, um, but uh, I'm just going to blame them for that, as if they care. Um, but uh, I, my guess is that there'll be there has to be an update there or it happens that day that's my guess yeah so yeah yeah all right cool all right well jason it wouldn't be a show without some numbers right when oh yeah yeah we have some numbers for you so basically can uh canalis global technology market marketing uh market analyst firm has uh put out a article stating that the north american smartphone shipments uh are forecasted to fall 12 percent in 2023 um and yeah, I mean, there's going to be some uptick in sales kind of based around, of course, like launching of new models like the Pixels and Q3. And yeah, but it's basically it's been uh, been I think it's been what is it, the lowest uh, the lowest uh, shipped device, like the lowest amount of shipped devices in like 10 years or something. Ten years, like the yeah. worst ones in the nearest. Oh. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if anything, you can see the premium segment, which is basically any smartphone costing a thousand dollars or more is still remaining strong. And it's kind of like a linchpin for a lot of manufacturers to kind of ride out the instability, but kind of not surprising with what we've talked about since, you know, this whole pandemic thing and just the current economic, you know, uh, environment, inflation, that uh, things are tough and people are just, you know, the, the manufacturers are basically having to realign their strategies to both kind of try to continue to drive, you know, premium upgrades and premium purchases, but also trying to figure out what the heck to do with mass, you know, the mass market um, and folks that aren't looking to buy, you know, premium phones. Um the uh, canals does say that smartphone shipments, they do expect them to recover slightly in 20, 2024 by about 3%. But I mean, don't really look to, you know, the numbers getting anywhere near, you know, like pre 2021 numbers anytime soon. So, and this is industry wide. This isn't just Android. Yeah. This is because uh, Apple's yeah. taking a hit too. I mean, you know, yeah. So we just came off of an Apple event, Jason. What is your, uh, what's, what's, what's your take on the state of smartphones right now? Well, well, I mean, Smartphones, I feel like I, I feel the the kind of slowdown. I feel like you know, in the past couple of years, we've had these these foldables to be the kind of the distraction of or the example of like what is innovation. And I think the the market is mixed on whether people really truly believe that foldables are the innovation that people are looking for. I think at the end of the day, really, smartphones are a thing that we all have had for long enough to for them to kind of for for the excitement about them to kind of slow down a little bit. Um, Having said that, when I look at this report, there is a kind of a glimmer of hope for Google that Google's market share grew from 2% to 4%. So doubled their market share in a year. That's that's not bad. I mean, four percent isn't a giant, you know, market share necessarily. Two, go, yeah, but, going from two, going two percent growth, but still, and that we haven't still, even had their hardware event. Like, like do it shows, that again, Google, and you'll be yeah. at eight percent. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there, there's a really cool dichotomy here, and I, I liked what. Um, so one of the analysts from Canalis, uh, Lindsay Upton, called it the pre- premiumization game. You know, and a lot of the premium market is being driven by, of course, iPhone and Samsung, yeah. and of course, you know, any iPhone and, and Samsung foldables. Um, and that, yeah, there, she's, you know, kind of noting that the kind of catch up in other OEMs trying to kind of get into the premium market and be like contenders in that premium space. Um, but on the flip side, you know, <laughs> we talked a lot about like, side. oh, I didn't mean to do, gosh darn it. Why did they, <laughs> on the, on the other side, on the other end of the spectrum, um, you know, because of like market volatility and kind of change in user, uh, spending habits, you know, consumption, and this kind of like um, uh, Lindsay Upton mentions elongated refresh styles, uh, st- cycles and decline, declining carrier subsidies. There's like a, the, like businesses have to focus on quote a more sustainable like business model model for kind of like the non premium market. Um, and yeah, just like it, it kind of also driven by, you know, as we've noted, like a lot of like regulations uh, and just like uh, customer intent. So like right to repair, um, you know, replaceable batteries, all that kind of stuff. So there's like a really kind of interesting tug and pull between like, hey, like the rest, like people that not aren't in the premium market want to keep their phones longer. How do businesses deal with that while still driving, you know, all of their crazy premium devices? So yeah. interesting time. Also, business isn't great. I'm, I'm also so I'm also kind of curious how the re-entry of 
potentially the re-entry of Huawei into the smartphone ecosystem will actually upend things because as we talked about last week, like they kind of shocked the world with their new devices that are powered by a seemingly unlabeled 5G capable chipset. And you know, what would happen if Huawei was just unleashed on the world again? Like they were a force to be reckoned with when they were at their peak. They were on a tear. And that is not sketchy at all. A, a unlabeled five G <laughs> chip, right? Like that. Is, <laughs> but yeah, do you think do you think they can retain? Do you think they can get back what they what they once were if they Boy. lifted that? I I suppose so, right? They can climb back up. I, they have the capability. They made some seriously impressive hardware. I yeah. mean, they still do make some seriously impressive hardware. It's just yeah. they were severely hampered by you know losing access to those those chip technologies and Google apps. Yeah. Yeah. So. We'll see. All right. Uh, well, next story is admittedly a nostalgia pick because, Jason, over the decade plus that we podcasted together talking about Android, I feel like every three years we talked about Nokia in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Right? It, it, it's like, it's like a bad a recurring pen- thing. And then at a certain point, it, it was still recurring. It's like, why is this even recurring anymore? It, it, it's it's it like a bad like, penny that yeah. keeps coming back, right? Well, well, <laughs> yeah, right. well here we are. It's back. Um, sort of, kind of. Uh, this is like a reverse Nokia. Uh, the, the people who make the current Nokia phones, uh, HMD, they're going to launch their own smartphone phone brand. <laughs> they, they, they've decided to move on uh, from the not not necessarily move on, but uh, uh, part you know kind of do something different than the Nokia branded uh, HMD Global, um, which is based out of Finland, uh, and they produce the Nokia branded smartphones. And they've said you know they said it's been a great journey as HMD, the home of Nokia phones, an exclusive position we've held for the past six years, an exclusive position. Everyone, mind you, like what was the last time in six years you saw a Nokia phone that mattered? Um, but they're yes. taking they're taking their next step of their journey, and they're going to enter the market independently. Um, and no information as to whether uh, what those products will be, what HMD will look like, if they're going to call it HMD or HMD Global or some other brand or something like that. But sure enough, uh, they're going to try to they're going to try to be on their own uh, outside of the Nokia shadow. So. <laughs> what are the Nokia phones right now? Are they are they the mid rangers? Like are, are Nokia devices right now kind of decidedly mid range or, mid, or budget they, to mid budget to mid tier? Okay. Uh, at least according to this article in the Verge, you know the Nokia C thirty two in that budget to mid tier. I don't know how much exactly they 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 cost, but they definitely are affordable. And I gotta imagine they are more. You know, it's it being a Finland based, like this is another one where it's like it's more of a, a global brand than what we see domestically, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We certainly don't see a whole lot of uh, Nokia energy these days. I mean, we keep, yeah, like you said, we keep seeing that HMD is like really leaning into the fact that it's got the Nokia namesake and right. it's producing phones that have it on there is purely nostalgia for a certain group of people. But then there's a lot of people that, like don't even understand the nostalgia around Nokia because it was so long ago. So yeah. I don't know. It's a really interesting brand in this day and age to to know whether that actually works well for them or not. Yeah. I, yeah. And I will give Cousin of Ja in the chat uh, props for HMD equals <laughs> hold my droid. <laughs> so that's a good one. So, all right. Well, there you go. There's a little Nokia for you, Jason. So um, thank you. I was waiting. Yes. <laughs> was thirsting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it is now time for the patron pick. So every Monday we post three new stories uh, and our lovely, lovely patrons who we adore and thank very much for their support get to vote and pick on which one we discuss. And I mean, would you call that a landslide? I mean, like that's a very hefty win. Um, so what did we have? Sorry. I <laughs> so we had so uh, Google Fi users get, users get easier Google, Google, one, Google access, one access, got 24% right. of the vote. Oh, rip Surface Duo support window. 22% of the vote. 22%. But with, you know, a a decent, simple majority, we got 54% picking Pixel Tablet Teardown emptier than you think. Uh, So when I first suggested this, I did not know that this, um, I didn't notice or kind of miss that this actually started as a (laughs) Ron Amadio write-up. So, of course, (laughs) there's a lot of wonderful Ron takes uh, about what's going on inside the Pixel Tablet. Uh, and basically, so so this kind of started as a good thing, right? Because Google and uh, iFixit have been partnering to kind of create, you know, like this uh, kind of going back again to like the right to repair a more repairable, you know, ecosystem by providing, you know, uh, guides and, and just official support. Well, a side effect of that is 
now you can see inside of a Pixel tablet. And hold on, I had to. I have to read you some Ron Amadio quotes. Um, Ron notes that quote. Uh, it's a little odd because the inside of this tablet looks like it was made in someone's garage with a 3D printer. Um, so, um, so for uh, audio stream listener only folks, kind of like the, th- the some of the main things that are being pointed out that might be a little bit strange or maybe less. What is it? What? How do we say less premium or just surprising about the inside of the Pixel tablet is that there's a lot of empty space. If you, once you take the, the display, or once you, pay, you take the cover and the display off, you can see a lot of the kind of white backing plastic that is in fact just the back of the Pixel tablet. Um, there are a lot of foam blocks that seem to be adding stability um, and actually, you know, placeholders inside of the tablet. And kind of, I guess, very easy to see is there are a lot of wires, like connecting wires, where normally they would kind of be, you know, grouped together, maybe laid over components kind of in a neat way. Um, it kind of looks like your typical uh, custom PC build where you're seeing red, white, and blue wires just kind of braided it, together. It does look a little and, Radio Shack home, like yeah. make your own tablet a kit. A little, little bit, a yeah. little bit. <laughs> I'd agree. Um, and there's a lot of space. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't know. I've never made personally made a Pixel tablet, so I, I'm not going to judge. But it is there is some wondering about what case okay, so why is there so much space? Mm-hmm. Like, um, are these components that were for a smaller or less like rugged device put into a larger case, like larger, you know, um, housing? Or yeah, is it, why, why? Or is it? Or or is it a testament to the state of hardware manufacturing that the components have gotten so smaller that when making a ten or eleven inch tablet that you're going to end up with with empty space? Yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking. Like when I think of, I mean, I've never made a tablet before, but when I'm thinking <laughs> of, you know the design of a tablet. I'm mm-hmm. not thinking I'm going to make this tablet so that the stuff inside fits it perfectly. I'm thinking I want the tablet to be this size and then mm-hmm. I need it to do these things, which means these components. How do we fit these components in there? Maybe they were just really efficient with the components that they put in there. I don't know. Like, or is that a strange take? I mean, I don't own a pixel tablet, but I do remember being at IO and, and having one in my hands. It did not feel as hollow as like an on and on and on a tablet um, <laughs> feels very empty and hollow, right? Like it, it felt significant enough. And I think at the end of the day, the, the vast majority of people aren't going to crack these things open. So it probably doesn't matter if that's the case. Well, so I th- and I think it's worth sharing because when, when you did your research here um, and we got the iFixit guide to replacing a battery on the Samsung Galaxy Tab S7, and- which, is, which, is, which is too, uh, which is, but that's the earliest, latest version I could get. But sure. Yeah. yeah, definitely less space. Um, it's, it's just interesting to see the comparison. Um, and like, we've got folks in the chat popping in, like, um, someone named Burke, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Burke. Um, yeah. this, this random gentleman named Burke saying that electrons are usually not a bunch of separate boards. Um, yeah, so that's maybe yeah. worth noting. And, and kind of some of the criticisms that people have laid at the feet of the Pixel tablet are kind of, the the counter to that are seen here like again the the wires being laid uh kind of laid over components right. and um as killbot 404 and other folks have noted but if there's so much space could that not mean bigger battery bigger storage more yes, sure. things give me a headphone so, give me a headphone jack come on no courage for it so <laughs> that's, that's pushing it ron I, don't have space I mean right there I can, I can i so i can i tell you jason have you gotten to play with the ta- the pixel tablet at all have you got your hands on one release no just at io so I, I did get one and I have it. And in fact, I traveled. I went to Chicago this past weekend and actually traveled with it. And I got to tell you, like, I like it, but intuitively stuff feels wrong. And basically what I mean is that like in looking at this photo of the Pixel tablet, right, pretend the screen is here. And when you're holding it landscape position, not portrait, right, um, the charging port, the USB-C port is on the left side. Okay. And instinctively, I want it to be on the right side because when I rotate it, 90 degrees to hold a portrait. I want to plug in at the bottom and I find myself plugging it in at the top. Now, sure, I could rotate it the opposite direction, 90 degrees, and then that's fine. But for, but the way my case is here, I have it right here. Like the way, the, the way the, the, I have a spec case and the way it's set up is the camera is on the upper right side. And so if I tilt it 
it just all feels backwards. It feels like somebody left-handed made this. No offense to anyone left-handed, but you know what I mean? Like, or, or like, or like the <laughs> design. The listeners no, like, hey, can't we no, have like yeah, one exactly. tablet? No, no, no. I mean like, or, or like somebody designed it in a mirror. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just feels like everything feels like it's in the wrong spot. Like the volume rocker and the power buttons on the upper right-hand corner when I want it to be on the upper left. Like it's just, it's, it's very kind of strange. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Audio stream listeners, just, just take a look at some of the, maybe go to iFix and check it out. But yeah, I mean, it, it is noticeable just kind of the difference in, what the Samsung S7 looks like. And even if you look at an iPad breakdown, how things are a little more kind of cohesive. Yeah. Again, not hardware designers here, but these look like a lot of disparate parts. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to actually note that kind of Ron did some speculation that he wonders whether the Pixel tablet really did start off as a proper smart display. And, you know, we've talked about this on this show and other shows about kind of like the the weird... Uh, migration from smart display slash, you know, Google assistant, yep. you know, emphasis to other things. And then, so Ron's speculation is that maybe the Google, uh, the pixel tablet started off as a, as a proper smart display. And because of like business changes or even like other project pro- uh, product changes last minute or not so well planned out that that's why the inside looks different than other tablets. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. Could be, uh, you know, that, that uh, person named Burke, um, whoever <laughs> he was, you know, that was a pretty smart comment. I mean, yeah. like, when, when I was at, after he said that comment and I was kind of looking at the picture, I was like, okay, it really does kind of look like these things were just like tacked into place. Like, Oh, I don't know. Right there yeah sure it lines up right here look it fits Fix it with some glue sure i mean it it does look like like i said it looks like uh, in radio shack you can get a build your own radio kit right and it tells you where to put everything that's what it does look like it's very odd it it does have like foam blocks in it like which again don't want to like just rag on someone for making a good you know solution to a hard problem but doesn't does it feel like a five hundred dollar tablet? It's light. At I, it think, I think yeah. that's kind of my point. Is like at the end of the day, if it's sealed up and it works <laughs> and sure. it does the trick, like how much does it matter? I mean, maybe there's a reason for this to matter, and, and right. I'm missing yeah. it. But yeah, pay no attention to the wires behind the curtain yeah. or yeah. the lack thereof. Right. And just real quickly, just for parody's sake, uh, we found a, a teardown of an iPad. And so you can see the inside of an iPad is much more Dang. condensed. I mean, I, and, yeah. it's, uh, uh, audio stream listeners, it's funny because there there is a big sign that says this is weird. It's more just commenting on very specific parts yeah. of like the iPad 10 versus the iPad Air design. But yeah. it's pretty full. I mean, it's pretty uh, dense and I don't know yeah. in there. I don't know. Yeah. Not a hardware designer. If you are a hardware designer, write in and let us know. Is this weird? Are we being mean? Or is this make a lot of sense? Just, yeah. If you've opened up other devices, you're like, yeah, that's normal. Let us know. And also, yeah. what's it like being a hardware designer? Yeah. Do you want to yeah, come on the show us. and talk about it? We'd love to hear from <laughs> Absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> Set us right. We're just we're just a bunch of jerks over here opining and giving yeah, And Also, takes, how so. does it pay? No. no yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. So that was the patron pick. And a reminder, you go to patreon.com slash Android Faithful. Sign up there at any level and you get to participate every week. We love everybody who votes on that. It's so much fun. Um, so with that, uh, there would be a bumper here where we would talk about hardware, but instead <laughs> I'm just going to throw it to Mr. Michelle. All right. So first up on the hardware is the news that dropped from um, Camilla. I, I'm always mispronounced. Wojciechowska. But uh, Camilla Wojciechowska, yeah. we'll go with that. Uh, for Android Authority that talks about the roadmap for the Tensor chipsets that are coming in the future. You know, I know you all know that by now, hopefully, that the Pixel 8 is launching on October 4th next month. But this article is not talking about the chip that's going in the Pixel 8. This article is talking about the chip that's going in the te- the Pixel 9, which is coming out next year. And it basically, the, the gist of it is that um, if you were looking forward for, you know, a significant performance improvement in the Pixel 9's chip, um, unfortunately looks like that won't be happening. If you're looking for Google's custom chip to actually result in something super fast and super performant, having all custom CPU and everything, it looks like that might be coming in the year after. Um, in order, in other words, the Pixel 10 or 2025 Tensor G5 series. So uh, this article is a, is a great read. It's very technical. Mm-hmm. It goes over like how Google partnered with Samsung to co-design the Tensor chipset, the various components within the Pixel's um, Tensor chip, and, you know, the IP blocks, you know, the GPU, the, the NPU, the DSP, the all these other things, you know, if you're really interested in the silicon, the nitty-gritty hardware aspects, it's a great read. But, uh, yeah, the, the gist of it is, next year, no super custom 
the next year after is super custom stuff. My main takeaway from this was that I like the fact that Google, like we got away from dessert code names for Android version, but we've got beach code names for tensor chips. We've got Redondo and Laguna and Zuma. Like we've got some good beach names here. So. Well, they got to have like some theme to wrap all their products yeah. around. Apparently, exactly. Oh, this is yeah. a thing. Like engineers love to just find like really intricate, esoteric, or just very specialized naming schemes for things, and we stick with it yeah. forever because it's yeah. just our thing. Don't take it away from us. Yeah. But the, the the thing about and to, to, to get less serious from the from the naming. I'm not surprised. I mean, Michelle, I don't know if you were surprised by. It. I'm not surprised by this because, like, I believe J- Jason and when I think we, I don't know, it, we, 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 this is a more recent all about Androidism, but we said hardware is hard, right? Like mm-hmm. yes. making system, uh, making a system on a chip has got to be. It's a generational thing, and especially like, and, and this great article goes in depth with it. But the relationship with Samsung and what they learn from Samsung and what can they do on their own, yeah. like, it is. It's not something that iterates very quickly. It is like within yeah. years, right? Because they got a, they got to design it, they got to make it, they got to use all the chips they make before they make another one right i mean i don't know like am i am i am i wrong to be not surprised by this and or patient in this process or i mean supply no, chain I mean, problems yeah. and murphy's law yeah. only goes but go ahead sorry michelle probably knows better no i mean yeah absolutely this these things take years to develop like they're working on this stuff the, the chips that they're working on now won't come out until like 2025 2026 like these are years in advance they're making especially custom cpu design there's a reason that's so very rare. And the reason, like, Samsung gave up was just because it was very, very hard. Yeah. Like, they had their custom Mongoose CPUs. They had a whole center, an R&D center in Austin that was developing all this stuff. But then they gave up, and now they're using largely Qualcomm chips throughout their devices. I think they, they still do make some Exynos chips in their Samsung flagship sold in a couple of markets, like Korea. But even those are using arms you know off the shelf right. cpu designs they're no longer using samsung's custom designs i have a question then about along that that line is if they're if google's trying to create its own first like first top to bottom head to toe chip and release it years down the line and this this might be a question that none of us even have any clue the answer to i know i don't i'm I'm baffled on this is how do they know that that chip years down the line is going to be competitive with anybody else's chip years down the line how do you even know that it's a good question that's a good question it's actually like really relevant. they don't know like right now they're just comparing the chip that they have and they're comparing it against the current general the current market like the qualcomm there was a report from the semiconductor um research firm semi-analysis that talked about the qualcomm's custom chip that's coming in their laptops, like their Orion CPUs. And they said they were comparing it with the M1 slash M2 chip, but Apple is already on the M3, which is significantly more powerful. So like by the time Qualcomm's chipset comes out, which is, we don't know, I think maybe next year we'll see it in products. Mm-hmm. Um, it's already going to be competitive with the M2, but like App- Apple will be already be well underway close to releasing their maybe M4 by that time. It's yeah. wild. It- this is not quite the same thing, but it kind of reminds me also about, you know, uh, especially like in the last few years, you've heard about like whiskey or like bourbon, kind of like long, like things with like a uh, products with like a long tail where you have no idea what the demand is going to be when you start making something. Mm. Well, you mean the actual, the, the liquid whiskey and bourbon? The liquid, yeah. sorry. No, these, I, no, these are Google products. I thought those the are code names. Yeah, you know, bourbon, <laughs> you know, whiskey. I, like, I did say engineers like to theme their names, but it, it's, it's such an interesting thing where you make a product and you will have not, no idea what the demand or the success or or, you know, what the turnaround is going to be, be for that product years, years from now. Yeah. It, it's just interesting. Mm. Um, I never thought about it from a tech perspective before. Just usually like, oh, yeah, yeah, making bourbon's hard. But so is chips. Uh, now, I want, now I want bourbon. All right. Now, yeah, 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 bourbon would be kind of nice. Right? <laughs> yeah, I've got a bourbon on chips. It would be yeah. really good right now. So, All right. Um, well, cool. Well, thank you, Michelle. That's a great flag. It was a great article. Everyone should go check it out. Um, really, really great job. If you want to get deep into it, it's over on AndroidAuthority.com. Uh, check that out. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, but we were talking uh, Nokia. We were talking about how they're in, uh, th- those phones were in the mid range, the budget tier. Um, over the years, I've been a big fan of what Motorola has been doing for the mid range, and here they are. They're back. Um, you know, we're in that time of year where it's the you know it's the fall, and everyone's announcing their new phones and whatnot. Um, and Motorola offered up uh, some new mid range phones in the form of the Motorola Edge Forty Neo, uh, the Moto G eighty four five G, and the Moto G fifty four five G. Um, and these all all these phones come in, and I'm not gonna go through and read all the specs. You can check them out if looking for the mid range. For me, it's the price. They come in somewhere between you know high $200 to high $300. Like the Motorola Edge 40 Neo is $375, which is just for, you know, as we're talking about, you know, $1,000 plus flagship phones or $1,800 foldable phones, it's nice to know that there are, you know, Motorola and other manufacturers are making phones that are affordable to the folks that can't afford the big, uh, you know, kind of flagship one. Um, and the specs and all the stuff like that are pretty, they're not, they're not bad. They're, they're decent phones as far as I'm concerned. Um, so good job on Motorola, uh, for continuing the G line. I think it's an important spot in the Android marketplace for sure. So it's nice to see that they, they are still out there. Um, and those it, are some sexy colorways too. I gotta say, Motorola tends to be pretty, pretty good with like the aesthetics of it. And there are some just really yeah. nice colorways. I don't know. I just, they just look nice. Yeah, they look good. They, they, they definitely, I feel like the, 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 the Moto G line has, has matured nicely, right? It's got, look, it looks like it got a nice little Mockadile. Uh, yeah, I was gonna yeah, say, yeah. Mateo probably would love this phone. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, vegan leather it. finishing and lifelike entertainment yeah. features in the Moto G54 5G. Um, and then you've got this wonderful oh my uh, gosh. deep red with the Moto G84 uh, irresistible design ultra pixel camera and 256 gig of storage um, and yeah once again you won't find I mean are there any phones out there that are closer to AOSP you know stock Android than Motorola Motorola keeps a lot of the bloat off of there so uh, that's pretty good mm. so, uh, cool alright uh, so that's a little bit on the Moto mid-range right yeah, and we'll finish up hardware with a watch roundup. So we talked a little bit about Google kind of giving a sneak peek of the Pixel Watch 2 last week, and we've got a few more rumors about other things that might be packing, uh, might be packed inside the Pixel Watch 2. Um, we already talked about the electrodermal activity EDA sensor for managing your stress and tracking out how stressed you might be. Um, and not only that, um, but there also be a skin temperature sensor, according to sources that will allow for kind of beyond what the Fitbit does now, which is kind of skin temperature overnight tracking as part of like general health trends. You should be able to now check your skin temperature on demand and still have that history. Now that might seem a little bit much, but what I absolutely love is that the speculation is that this kind of more rigorous temperature tracking could be used for menstrual tracking, which is, you know, um, I think is an awesome kind of increasingly, increasingly kind of covered like area of health with all these like, you know, new like health devices. Um, Samsung talked about it a little bit. Um, so, uh, health aside. Oh, sorry. And one more thing. The exercise UI will have a more engaging, uh, heart rate display while you're doing your exercise UI. So if you're doing your runs, your rowing, your, your cardio, and you got to stay in that zone too to get your VO2 max up, something about the UI will just make you 
work harder or stronger, faster, better. I don't know. Something about it will be more engaging. Um, but not just exercise, but also personal safety. The current Pixel chip already, uh, per- Pixel Watch rather, already has a couple of personal safety features like hard fall detection, uh, an emergency SOS feature where you hit the crown five times real quick succession and it, um, uh, does emergency dialing. Um, so the Pixel Watch 2 will kind of add on top of that. Uh, and not just that, but we will try to make these features as standalone as possible. So a lot of these features, if you have LTE, and if you have an active data plan, they should work without the phone. So these will include things like um, car crash detection, which we already have on the Pixel phone. Um, and I'll also have, um, I've, I didn't write down what the name of the feature called, but basically when it detects a crash, your core medical information will just be displayed on your watch uh, in the case that emergency oh, uh, that's medical nice. that's pretty cool. um, yeah. uh, uh, techni- or, uh, technicians need to kind of see it at a glance, which is amazing. Um, this also will include emergency sharing where your location can be shared um with trusted emergency contacts. Um, and then safety check, which is another feature that pairs with, you know, Pixel phone where you can basically set a countdown. And once that countdown then expires, you, the, the feature will actually ask you, Hey, are you all right? And if you have not responded, your emergency contacts will be notified. And again, while this is a Pixel phone feature, it will be added to uh, the Pixel watch too, as a standalone um, feature. Uh, if you have an LTE plan and an active data plan, uh, or if you have the LTE device and an active data plan. So, um, that's all great. Um, translation is coming back to the Pixel Watch 2. Um, it's been away for a while once, you know, Wear OS stopped having the Google Translate app, but it looks like with other things that are being re-emphasized or re-entered through Google Assistant, uh, translation will be part of the Google Assistant. Um, and yeah, it does look like it will be independent of having the phone with you. So again, just, a, the, the continuing thread of and theme of, hey, stuff you can do without your phone on your watch. Yep. Uh, and yeah, watch unlock is, is hopefully coming soon. We talked about this when we covered CES 2023 on all about Android. Um, the code is there and it was built on a 13 Android 13 API, but, uh, it might be held hostage by the release of Android 14, but yeah. it's common and nine to five Google, uh, got nine to five Google's APK insight team unlocked it. Uh, yeah, unlocked watch unlock <laughs> uh, to show you what it's like. Uh, you can go to the article to see kind of a uh, some snap, some snap screenshots of the actual setup process. But kind of what we've already talked about, where you know it's meant to kind of fill gaps in authentication. Like if you have wet hands, or if of course you're masked, uh, why would you? I'm not going to make that joke. It's been a long pandemic, but you know, kind of like kind of trying to make up for uh, odd situations where, you know, the usual and authentication methods don't work. Um, your wearable must be unlocked on your wrist and within four inches. And of course it might be slightly less secure. Google warns than traditional face fingerprint and strong pattern recognition. Um, and it might affect the battery slightly, but um, within four it, inches, four so, inches. So how is it like, doing that? Is that U- UWB? Is- I think just Bluetooth received signal strength. So just uh, oh, the received like RSSI. Strength. Okay. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, and yeah. Oh, and finally, um, well, but, so that's, that's, oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah, before we move on to the next watch thing, Jason, are you tracking the pixel event coming up in October? Or are you, are you, yeah. Are you, yeah. Are you excited for the new watch? What, what are you, what's uh, your well, take I'm excited it? for anything that they have yeah. going on, um, yeah. at the new event and I'll be getting whatever the new phone is. Uh, apparently Google really loves their temperature sensors because they've got it in the watch and they're going to have it in the, the 8 Pro. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder what that's all about. They've got like, a, they've got a box of the watch. They've got a box the of them in the office, in the office at yeah. Mountain View. They're like, listen, we got all these temperature sensors. Put them in what something. 2023 is all about temperature. What I was and shocked stress, I could understand the watch. What I was shocked is that one of those spots in the tablet was supposed to be a temperature sensor and they didn't put it in. Right. And so yeah. Wait, and the tablet? That's no, it, well, yes. we, you just like hold on no, to he, it. No, he, he was joking. I'm joking. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's I was spin. fooled because I would have believed it, Ron. I would have believed it. Oh. Um, so, um, I, I do you, I mean I do like the theme though of and I Ron, didn't you you mentioned this like, especially for like pocket like for, for podcasts and stuff, like ha- being able to do a lot more with with just the watch. Yep. And it seems like they're really coming for that kind of uh, category of user with the Pixel Watch. For sure, yeah, so. Jason. The Pocket Cast Wear OS app is finally out, so maybe I'll give the Pixel Two <laughs> to watch. Yeah. Maybe I'll give that a Not shot. Too late. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So yeah, it, um, it'll recommend different podcasts depending on how warm you are. You're stressed <laughs> out. Here is a here is a meditation podcast. Um, <laughs> That's a good idea. Don't listen to this political co- podcast right oh, now. But, believe you know. me, if there's any way through the API to do that, someone's gonna do it. Yeah. Oh, troll! I like that trolling. <laughs> trolling your stress. It's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. So, um, all right. Well, that's not the only watch news that's out there, right, Wynn? No, we've got a real quick peek at 
a, a Xiaomi entry into the arena with a Xiaomi Watch 2 Pro. Not much information just yet, but they made an X tweet, X, X post um, uh, uh, <laughs> uh. <laughs> September 18th. But yeah, um, the Xiaomi launch event in September 2020 will have information on the Xiaomi Watch 2 Pro. So if you are able to get a Xiaomi Watch 2 Pro, keep your eyes out uh, for that. And the, and, and the big news on this is that it's, I mean, it's running Wear OS, right? Like it's, it is, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. Very interesting to see Xiaomi getting in the, in the wearable game. So yeah, wondrous wearable. amounts of watch news. All the wearables. Week. All right, X. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for hardware. Um, and so we we like to talk about apps on the show, Jason. I don't know. I know the old show didn't really talk about apps as much, but uh, <laughs> we we made a concerted effort to talk about apps here. So Fine, cool. it's yeah. your show. You can do whatever you want with it. <laughs> but um, I saw this pop up last week after we finished last week's show, and I was like, oh, we got to talk about that, especially Jason, since you're coming on and you're working on the AI, AI show. Yeah. Um, the fine folks at SwiftKey on the SwiftKey beta uh, now let you generate AI images from SwiftKey directly. Um, and I thought this was really interesting because last week we talked about uh, Google's AI implementations in Gboard where they're yeah. enabling AI-driven, you know, kind of rewrite, you know, kind of grammar checks and kind of, you know, that sort of thing, like AI getting more integrated into the keyboard. But here Microsoft, who now owns SwiftKey um, and is very big on AI, um, is uh, enabling the Bing AI image creator, which is powered by Dolly, to generate images right from SwiftKey, um, which is kind of crazy. Now, Jason, you know a lot about this AI stuff. Oh, I know everything. I'm an AI right. expert at this point. Right. I've been doing podcasts, sort of, for like two months. I know everything. <laughs> so is, Do- is Dolly a good option? Is Bing Bing doing a good job on the AI, or is this like would this be something you would use, or what do you, what I mean, do you think? I of think this? I think this makes sense. You know, Microsoft. Yeah. Owns SwiftKey, Microsoft owns Bing. AI is a really big deal right now, and I think I think all of the major companies that have any sort of foot in the AI space, which is basically all of them because it's the hot thing right now, um, is looking for any way to integrate and and make it so that you don't have to go to a destination to do that AI thing. The AI thing is already baked into the thing you're using already. So I think I think it makes perfect sense for you know SwiftKey to do this, Google, like you said, doing it with their messages uh, thing. And not to mention, like when it comes to messaging, so often we're presented with with these things that we want to say or, or a feeling we want to present. And thus far, our solution has been emoji, or it's been an animated GIF that's already been created, or it's, you know, been a screenshot that somebody's already made, or you come up with it, you know, and you have to like go into a separate app and create it. I mean, this actually makes a ton of sense to me. It's like, well, the feeling I have is a magician dump, jumping into a swimming pool and poof, you get it, you know, or yeah. whatever. Create your own illustration somewhat. You know, yeah, um, yeah. Create yeah. it on the fly. I think it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Creepy is... What I want to know is <laughs> is uh, how many gallons of water uh, does Microsoft Data Center oh. use every time I send my friend yeah. a meme? <laughs> That's true. That's a really good point. I mean, <laughs> yeah, as, as these things get baked into everything, like the amount of water... <laughs> <laughs> it takes oh. to yeah to drive it in the back yeah the back end absolutely so yeah it, it, it is huh Sorry, I missed that joke completely. No, well, I don't so think it's a joke. The only one? It's, yeah, it's not really a joke. Oh, it was it, yeah, it was kind of just or, the harsh reality of like every time one of these AI models is running in like their data center, it requires a lot of water to cool. Yeah all these servers so like oh, okay. how much so water like how much just, water am i wasting yeah. literally by making a meme with this keyboard yep. it's, it's gen- yeah generally the, the 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 drain much like nfts but the drain that yeah. ai has on on servers and data centers is a real you know economic not economic uh ecologi- ecological yeah. impact right over time right and so yeah, yeah. So, oh it's an interesting framing i always thought of it as like the actual just general just energy consumption but yeah what Oh, well, cool. so there there was even a study about ChatGPT and the amount of water that it generates, and just training it alone, uh, ChatGPT three consumed one hundred eighty five thousand gallons of water, um, equivalent to the amount of water needed to cool a nuclear reactor. Oh my what? god! Seriously? Yeah. That's insane! Sorry, wow. this is news to that's me. Oh, yeah, the environmental impact of all this AI stuff. These that's are the, a whole other these, story. These are things you learn on Android Faithful. So uh, there you go. Good, good listening. All right, back to it for you. Well, I feel like we got a rant coming up. Uh, oh yeah. So, I was not happy to see this. So, um, 
Y'all might have uh, remember that I we did have a Pixel tablet. Actually, uh, if you were all about Android fans uh, and watched the last episode, you know that I have a Pixel tablet in my house, which um, kind of probably flew off the dock, <coughs> my legacy at Twit. Yes. Um, and that I generally speaking, my husband and I are we're are huge fans of smart displays, and we love our Google Nest Hub Max. Um, and kind of basically expected the Pixel tablet to be that, which it is not. Um, so to my further chagrin, I found, uh, I read this article from the Verge this week saying that, uh, basically people have been getting messages that Google is going to act support for Google Meet and Zoom on its Nest Hub Max smart displays. So, um, there's a little bit of nuance here. Basically for Google Meet, you can't join meetings, uh, from the Nest Hub Smack display anymore. You can make do one to one, one to one calls, but you cannot join meetings with a call, uh, join meeting Google, uh, like kind of join Google meets with a code anymore starting September 28th. And if you happen to be using zoom on your Google Nest Hub max, that support will end very soon, September 30th, 2023. Um, and I mean, I know there's not a big deal. I don't know how many people are taking zoom calls from the Nest Hub max, but it's just yet another like nail in the coffin for me because, you know, they already stopped offering games, you know, they've definitely been, you know, distancing themselves from kind of like these like smart hub displays and really emphasizing, you know, the more kind of on phone on tablet stuff. Um, and of course, my disappointment with Pixel Tablet. I mean, my, my first question here is why? And I always got to go back to these decisions don't get made lightly. No. And, or maybe they do. I don't know. It's Google. What do we know? <laughs> I should know better. So, but, but, um, but, you know, like, I wonder if people just aren't using it, right, yeah. Michelle? I mean, yeah. we are. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, the, the Nest Hub Max and all the other Nest Hub devices are running a completely different operating system. Yeah. Like, they're right. not running Android. Right. So it, it will require some level of support and active development on Zoom and, uh, you know, Google's end to continue supporting these apps. I mean, they're not going to do it indefinitely. But on a platform like Android, you know, you can't imagine Zoom is dropping support for Android anytime soon. So no. that's why I kind of see, like, the Pixel tablet as a successor mm. platform as something that will have much longer longevity. Even though Google says when they launch a Pixel tablet... We're not replacing the Nest Hub. Yeah. Well, you look at this news and you're like, well, is does this thing have much of a future if they're just dropping well, apps and features left and right? Yeah, that's kind of what I'm I'm pissed about, basically. Like, I totally get what you're saying, and I get and, – and especially as, like, someone working at a software company, I get it. At some point, if some people are not using your product, it makes no sense to invest money in it, and you have to migrate people to other things. I totally get it. I'm just disappointed because I think that these that the experience that we're getting through things like the Pixel tablet just don't compare – to the kind of like many years of really cool features, like, and, and really like smart, like, I think the smart display experience on the Nest Hub Max is, is awesome. Like things like even just saying stop to stop your damn, dang alarm. And even like the way that certain things work on the Nest Hub Max are, we're really geared towards a it living device. in your, yeah, home device. And I totally get it. I just wish they had put more efforts or, I, at least, or maybe I hope that they put more effort into transferring some of that more seamless home experience into the tablet than they currently have. Yeah. Um, and also just to put a, a final point, this is a little bit different, but now if you are the kind of person who like to kind of create speaker groups uh, with your Google home uh, devices, um, we do, um, you're now actually only limited to one group. So before any Nest device, any any Nest device in your home could be added to multiple speaker groups. So you could have one for every single speaker in your house or have one for just kitchen, bathroom, whatever. Um, now you are limited to one. Although this is a little bit different. Uh, this has a lot to do with the uh, legal issues with Sonos. The Sonos which, yeah, this is this, this the Sonos, is the Sonos deal, which was yep, yep. which which kind of took away like using the physical rocker to change yep. you know the volume of a group. So it's a little different, but you can kind of see like well. Again, kind of maybe justifying it for Google. There's a lot of negatives to keeping Nest around, so I. Am- it just seems like a uh, an albatross. I mean, Jason, I'm watching you shake your head at this one. Right? Oh, like, it's just disappointing. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, it's it's, it's one of those features that you know at that at this point is ju- just feels like table stakes, and yet you can't do it. And I get I get it. Like you know, it's it's the lawsuit and everything. But I mean, what is Sonos doing at this point? Like, seriously, like Sonos has got to, you know, kind of command this, this type of feature. Like, are they, are they relevant anymore? I don't know. Uh, Sour grapes. I don't actually have, you know, Nest. Well, no, I have Google home speakers. Nah, never mind. I'm pissed. No, we (laughs) do. And I, I, I think, I, I mean, Sonos has all rights to their, to their IP as they do, but 
I will give it to you that I am very much less invested in. We have a sono. We have a we have a sono set up a little bit for some parts of the house. I am very much less invested in it than I ever was in my Nest Hub Max. I mean, I love that thing, and I was happy to just like play with it until Kingdom Come. But oh well. Right. Bye. 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 Smart display. All right. Um, cool. Well, uh, Michelle, you got the next story as I as I try to tee it up for you. <laughs> there we go. Excellent segue. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, um, in the Gboard app, you've been able to use the Emoji Kitchen feature to basically create a mashup of whatever emojis you want, like whatever comes to imagination. Um, now Google is bringing that to the web. So if you just type in like Emoji Kitchen into search, you can mash up emojis to your heart's content. The available options aren't as numerous as they are in the Gboard app for Android. But if you're an iPhone user or you're just you know on a PC, now you can do the same. Now you can create an Emoji Kitchen um, creation or abomination or whatever you want to call it and copy paste it, send it to your friends over whatever messaging app you want to use and there's one thing i saw on twitter like i have to show if you're on video here we go this is amazing like i love the things you can create with emoji kitchen you have like this mean looking face the adorable turtle emoji and then you create this the really the meanest looking adorable turtle i've ever seen so i so just to give you again our audio listeners everyone knows the purple devil emoji right like the the the, the yeah. little purple devil that's the the purple face merged with the turtle to make a devil turtle um uh good uh, and shout out to quad spawning on twitter on x or twitter on that who, who did that but yeah you can see throughout this whole thread people making you know a pine tree and a whale to make a pine tree whale um yeah it's, <laughs> or, it's crazy so. or uh or uh if you combine uh the fire emoji with a pig you apparently get bacon <laughs> yeah it's great there's some really <laughs> smart ones um if, if y'all know what monkey bread is it's like this kind of like uh oh, kind I of know. loaf you make where you can like pull it pull it apart if you do monkey plus bread it actually shows you monkey like the actual monkey bread the actual kind of yeah that's funny so anyway yeah. it's awesome it's a kitchen yeah Dang, all right and a little more for monkey no bread <laughs> now i'm hungry michelle, i haven't eaten michelle we got a little more productive last app note for everyone right so oh yes yeah so a couple of months ago google um announced the rollout of the play store's app archiving feature which would basically let you um uninstall the app but keep its data in case you want to reinstall it later and when you have more space but that feature was only opt-in at the time of whenever you were running out of storage and you tried to install an app, Google would offer to archive some apps so that you could free up space to install that app. Now, what they're rolling out is a new toggle in Play Store settings that lets you opt-in to the app archiving feature um, without having to go through that, without having to have low storage and then going to install an app. So that's basically all they did. Unfortunately, right now, you can't manually archive an app. So you can't just like go to your app list and then say, I want to archive this, archive this app and use it for later. Um, but yeah, if you want to opt in, now you can do that yep. in settings. And uh, Jason, this is just to, to catch you up to the Android Faithful World. This is a new part of the drinking game is when an article uh, references Michelle's uh, tweets. I mean, um, <laughs> Michelle, you're, you're prolific. I, I swear, half the articles that I do read, I see you mentioned somewhere in there. I'm I'm continually impressed. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little I'm a little leery about continuing the drinking game because yeah. I think we're all going to get, get alcohol poisoning. Which, soon. If we too, had bourbon too, whiskey, too the then it'd be, it'd be fine. So yeah. <gasps> we just sip. We just sip. Then yeah. yes. Yeah. When, right, well, uh, so- when you run across Michelle's name in an article and you mention it on the show, do you refer to Michelle as if he's not on the show with you? Like, oh, oh, well, Mich- oh, oh Michelle yeah. Ramon of Android yeah. Faithful reports. Yeah. Anyways, Michelle. There was, there was one week when he wasn't on the show and we, were, we had like four stories that all references tweets. Like so it was almost like anyway. that. Yeah, so. yeah, it's just like Michelle's here. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, that's going to wrap it up for apps. And now we're going to get in some of your emails. As always, we like to hear from everybody. You can write into us at contact at androidfaithful.com. We love to hear from you. Um, and uh, before I get into the first email, which is a reaction to last week's episode, uh, Jason, have you did you use Beeper? Have you been on the Beeper bandwagon or did you play uh, with I, it? Or? Yeah, I'm, I'm on the Beeper bandwagon. I actually yeah. installed it. Um, cool probably like a week and a half ago, but I still can't get it to like sync up with my iMessage or my, my messages on my Mac. Um, Yeah. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I want it. I want it to work. You got some beeper problems. I tried. Yeah. 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 Well, so last week we had a, uh, someone write in 
so a couple of weeks ago, we had someone on the show, Brendan Bigley, talking about Beeper, um, sharing his experience with it. We had someone write in last week um, who wanted to get on Beeper. So we can kind of close the book on this story because he wrote back in. Uh, Brandon wrote in and said, thank you guys for your help on getting to use Beeper. I found their Twitter as you recommended and upon searching found this link. Uh, which is a link to uh, there to Reddit where people are sharing invite and referral codes. Um, mm-hmm. And he says, it's not so closed now. He hopes everyone gets to use it. I just set it up today. We'll be putting it through his paces. Thanks for the awesome recommendation, Brandon. Um, and I love when this happens, when like someone writes in, we give some feedback, and then they, they get what they want. They got the app they want. But that this story doesn't end here because we also got an email from Adam J, who wrote in and said, I'm a longtime Beeper user, and they gave us invite codes to share with others. I'd be happen, happy to give Brandon one of them. And these emails came in back to back. And so like Brandon wrote in, and then I immediately got Adam's email right after it. So I was able to tell Adam, no, Brandon's all set. He's good. But um, uh, it was just great to see. So if you're looking for Beeper, uh, go to Reddit. Uh, and there's a subreddit for Beeper. It's reddit.com slash r slash Beeper. And there's people sharing invite referral codes. And that's a real easy, good, fun way to get uh, to get directly into Beeper, which is awesome. So, yeah, yeah I love when that, that happens. It's like the, the best way the stories can go. So, um, all right, cool. And then we got one more email. Yes, and this email is from Derek in Illinois. Hello, AF crew, if I can call you that. The past few weeks, you guys have covered the phone that is designed to be carried as a purse. It looks like Casemate already has an offering for the iPhone with a similar style of carrying. It takes a very brave soul to hang their iPhone by its charge port and a plastic case. Love the new show and the Android faithful name, Derek. Uh, Jason, have you seen the honor? I'm sorry to talk about this for like the third week in a row. I love it. I love it. I love it. I know too. Jason, have you seen the honor V purse? No, the honor V purse. I'm pulling it up right now. Hang on. So first, so so first off, this is the honor V purse, Jason. Oh my God. It it is a, it is a wraparound foldable. Uh, that has two hooks for chains (gasps) and it has a, it has a display that um, shows the pattern of a purse and also it can move with the phone moves or like as if you're touching it. Right. Yeah. You can have little charms hanging off of it and presumably they have physics as well. Uh, And it originally was announced as a concept phone and then two weeks later, it's in production. It'll be like launched September. (laughs) It's a wait real soon. Actually real soon. Real soon. Wow. So actually, it might might have been released today. Fast tracking that thing. It's such a great idea. They're fast tracking it. So yeah. So here. Oh, so for our video viewers and uh, our audio viewers, the the emailer wrote in uh, with this case from Casemate, which uh, oh, attaches boy. to an iPhone and uh, gives you a stylish uh, chain for you to hang your phone by. Uh, not so much a purse, more as a necklace or whatever. Um, oh. Invited you to reimagine how you carry your phone. So yeah, and you have to plug it into the charge port yeah. in the case. Which is great because you know when someone starts really yanking on that you know chain, yep. that's exactly the kind of place on the phone that you want to apply a lot of force exactly. to. Anyway, yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm like, <clears throat> I don't know why it matters to me to figure this out, but I'm like, seriously, like it only plugs in the charge port. It does look like it has a little bit of a further attachment kind of design to it. So thankfully I don't think you're just like plugging it in hoping that it never yeah. like jostles free. <laughs> There's a little bit of a fastening to it. Um that it's more than meets the eye, yep. I would say. Like a transformer? Yeah, kind of. Exactly. Yeah, like a really pretty over the shoulder transformer. <laughs> I, I I really hope we can get our hands on one because <laughs> I, I, I just want to carry it around for a week and just see how messed up that phone gets in my hand. Do like a 20-minute review gotta, on just that case. We got to find someone that's a contact and honor to, get, to make that happen. It, it, yeah. It's a wraparound really foldable. from uh, someone in Twitch chat. <laughs> oh. Killbot404 who says, so now you'll be really mad when someone is yanking your chain. Yeah. No, seriously. I don't want to lose No, seriously. It's my power port. Please don't. All right. Right. So thank you, everyone, who emailed into us. You can email us at contact at Android Faithful. We love to hear from you. Um, so much fun. And you can get that link, uh, of course, on our website at androidfaithful.com with all of our subscribe links and fun stuff like that. I um, love your website. I love your graphics. I love your music. You guys we, have we, done we some really, really amazing stuff. With we pulled the out Android the stops. Faithful. We really pulled out the stops. Yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Well, Jason, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on the show. You, 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 you I don't know, it, 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 not, to, not to get too sappy or emotional or whatever, but like your D 
DNA is in everything we do here on Android Faithful. We wouldn't be here without you. So uh, we're, oh, so, we're honored to have you join us. I love you all. I so <laughs> enjoyed you. doing this we show, and we. I miss you guys, too. Yeah. This is a lot so, of fun. Thank you. Well, that said, you know at the end of the show, our guests get to plug. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. I'm on the other side of the show. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, twit.tv, go there. I do Tech News Weekly. If, um, if you happen to be a subscriber of uh, Club Twit, then you can check out my AI show called AI Inside. I'm doing that with Jeff Jarvis, and we're having a lot of fun just kind of playing around with AI tools, interviewing people about different topics in the world of artificial intelligence and all that stuff. And then as far as socials, at Jason Howell on X, until they start charging, then I will probably leave for good. Um, and just, just search my name in a social media platform. You'll find me probably. All right, excellent. Well, Jason, seriously, man, this is this is a dream come true for us. So we, 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 <laughs> Me too. We can't appreciate Thank you guys. We, we appreciate you so much. So, all right, uh, Michelle, where can the people find you? Yeah, so I'm on all social media platforms at, at Michelle Rahman. If you want to find out what's coming soon in Android 14 QPR, definitely give me a follow because I'll be posting a whole lot about that OS update once it launches. And if you want to support me, I'm also on Patreon at Patreon.com/slash Michelle Rahman. Excellent. Go support Michelle. You say he's doing the Lord's work with your break it with your with your tweets and your 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 digging into it. So, um, well, thank you all. all right, cool. All right, Huynh. Yeah, I am an Android developer. That's my day job. Yes, it is my day job. And uh, you can find any talks like the one I did just last week in DroidCon New York on my website, RandlingTyping.com, uh, including video code and whatever uh when the video is out uh and yeah if you are on a social uh network of some sort and you type in quick code monkey and you find it it's probably me then if it's not let me know because i'll go after that person it's a, I'm just it's a good name it's a good name so thank you it's a little long yes. but it's me <laughs> and finally you can follow me on social i'm on all the various socials at ron xo um so go find me there um and also i don't talk about much on the show as much that, uh, that often but uh i am uh i got a little startup called scorebit where we have a, a uh, an android app that allows you to track your pinball scores uh, we just had a massive update to the app actually roll out recently. Not massive, but we did a lot of bug fixing and catching up and stuff like that. Um, and actually, it's really funny because we've been using the AI uh, kind of uh, AI coding bots to help us kind of squash bugs, uh, which is pretty cool um, mm-hmm. from an AI perspective standpoint, like the Android Studio integration and all that fun stuff. So, uh, yeah. So go to Scorbit in the Google Play Store. Um, it's totally free. If you like pinball, check it out. Um, good times. Um, and as always, one, I mentioned earlier, but I want to remind you to go to that website that Jason says that he loves over at androidfaithful.com. And that's got Let's all of our, at it. <laughs> it's so amazing. It's amazing what you can do in about three days. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And there you can find links to subscribe to pocket cast, Spotify, Google podcasts, Apple podcasts, YouTube, etc. By the way, I am very, very honored, uh, to the fact that, uh, we are consistently in the top 100 podcasts uh, for the category tech news on Apple Podcasts. Nice. Which, so if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts talking about Android, we love you. You're there our you people. Go. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> it's fun when that happens, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> All right. Well, that is going to wrap it up for this week. This podcast releases every Tuesday night, and you can subscribe at androidfaithful.com, uh, or you can go watch on YouTube at youtube.com slash dailytechnewsshow, or twitch.tv slash goodday.internet. Uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Android Faithful. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.